0: You're listening to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Welcome back to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast, the podcast where we explore the past, understand the present, and dream of the future. On today's episode, we have Brian and Livia Goff. Well, welcome to the podcast, you guys. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah. So can you guys talk each a little about who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Um, So I am Livia Shanklin Goff. When I was in JT, I was Livia Shanklin. And um, I was in junior theater from 1967 through 1980, uh, kindergarten through my senior year in high school. I currently am uh, the director of Disbursements, for University of Wisconsin, Madison. Mm -hmm. So I oversee the teams that uh, make all the payments for the university.
0: Great.
2: And I am Brian Goff. Um, Started Junior Theater in 1965 at the ripe age of five. Mm -hmm. And yep, that's right. That's good math. And went through my senior year in high school in 1978 um served many roles starting at Snowflake and Tree Limb, I think, and worked up to a senior crew member and uh Bonnie's um Bonnie's work dog, okay. <laughs> Bonnie Gunther.
1: And what do you do now?
2: <laughs> right now I work at the University wow. of Wisconsin on the Madison campus with Livia. Um, I work in the Department of Information Technology area as a senior project manager. Uh, working on enterprise IT
1: implementations.
0: Great. So how did you guys get involved with Junior Theatre?
1: Well, I saw a play at Garfield Park um, on the show wagon, and I started pestering my mom to let me join Junior Theatre, because that is what I wanted to do.
2: And for me, um, I had several um, siblings older than me that were in junior theater. My uh, next oldest sister, Julie, was in it, and I think I probably went to a couple of shows and my mom asked if that would be something I'd be interested in doing. Um, And being that it was 1965 and there was not a lot of other things to do, um, I said, sure. So um, that's when I started.
0: Yeah. And so you guys met at junior theater, right?
1: Uh, probably. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um, I, I often joke that I've known Livia since she was five (laughs) and privately dated her since she was five, but, um, the reality of it was that our paths probably crossed many times. So when she joined junior theater, I would have been seven Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we we were probably cast in many, uh, similar shows. I just never realized
0: it. Can you talk a bit about the love story there? How you guys was love at first sight. Did you start seeing each other in high school years or when did it all happen?
1: Um, I got a crush on Brian who probably eighth grade and um, we started dating the s- summer after my sophomore year, the summer after my s- your senior, senior year. year. Um, Officially dating. We hung out a lot, and well, that's when we yeah started officially dating. We had run as part of a, a gang, a, a JT gang. Our friends were all JT people, but we had run in the same crowd for a long time. Um, Brian was always really close with my brother Dave, and um, they joke that Brian. used to go ahead
2: for the longest time I'd come over and ask uh knock on the door and ask for Dave because Dave was her brother and we hung out together and got into shenanigans and and probably did things we shouldn't have (laughs) and then uh one day I came over and rang the doorbell and asked for Olivia and her brother went ew
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny (laughs) so you guys were at DJT for a while so what changes did you guys see during your years there
1: Lots of changes. So back then uh mm-hmm. JT was very migratory and I remember taking classes at the first Presbyterian Church, the Lendahan, LeClaire Pool, the, the Lendahan again. again, um St. Catherine St. Mark's St. Catherine St. Mark's, the Garfield House. I don't know if the Garfield House is there anymore. No, nope, it's torn down. Um and then we moved into Annie Wittenmeyer, uh seventy seven seven. You probably know better than us. I think I was in, I think I was in ninth grade when we moved mm-hmm. into Annie Wittenmeyer. Um When we moved into Wit, it, the the chapel, the theater Mm -hmm. was not uh, usable at all. So we went through several years of cleaning and fixing that up before it could be used as a theater. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never got to perform on the stage, which makes me sad. I graduated in 80 and they started performing on that stage in either fall of 80 or spring of 81, but the year after I left.
0: Well, everyone performs on it now and it's a beautiful stage. So I'm glad it's there. Yes. And you guys both worked with siblings in the program. So can you talk about what it was like to be in that program with your siblings and with your future spouse?
1: Sure. Um, I am one of four and um, my two sisters and brother were both in junior theater. I was the first one to join. I'm the third kid, but I was the first one to join. And then Robin and David joined a year or two after I did because they saw that I was having so much fun. And then our kid sister, she, she joined when she was old enough. Um, I guess it was always something very important to our family. We all really enjoyed junior theater. Um, arts as a whole. Yeah. Uh, Dave was on crew and I was on crew, Robin and Edie, they were not on crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It was just a very important part of our life to, um, to be a part of junior theater and mm-hmm. to act. We loved to act.
2: And for <clears throat> my family's involvement. Um, I come from a family of eight, Mm -hmm. and my oldest brother and sister, Pat and Connie, uh, were never involved in uh, junior theater, mostly because we moved from Toledo to Davenport in 1960. And I don't think we had established any roots yet. So Mm -hmm. then my um, next oldest sister, Laura, I reached out to her actually in advance of this interview, and I said, Laura, you were in junior theater, weren't you? And she said, "Yeah." response back was kind of humorous. She said, yeah, and I hated every minute of of it. Um, I was in it for like two seasons. And I think she said she was a snowflake in a tree. Um, (laughs) She said it just wasn't her cup of tea. Um, But then my next oldest sister, three years older than me, Julie, uh, she joined junior theater and she was in it for a number of years and she enjoyed it. And then I think, Karen. I, got, I got into it about the same time Julie was getting out of it because she had some additional polls with music and sports mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of the same battle we deal with today you know how do you balance right. and what do you give up and then my younger siblings uh Karen, Bruce, Kelly uh have all been in it as well um and they um had varying lengths of uh participation And I kind of set an interesting, um, I paved the road for them.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, so, uh, when Bonnie, uh, saw another golf coming through the system, she's like, Oh
1: no. (laughs) (laughs) But Brian was the only, uh, golf that was on crew.
0: Okay. Was it ever hard for you to work on crew with your siblings at all? No,
1: because by the time we were together, um, that was a, that was when Dave and I really started getting close and, um, we, we hung out together as a gang, as a group, as I said, it was Brian and Brian and Dave and Dave and Bruce and live. And, um, so it was Brian goth,
2: Brian Jennings, Brian Jennings,
1: Dave Shanklin, Dave Dunn,
2: Bruce Sargent, Bruce
1: Sargent and me. And, um, we went out and and had fun and pretty much any waking
2: hour that we weren't doing um you know summer tour mm -hmm. or work at jt or work on the chapel we were um, always going out to a shaky's or uh, some hangout place or to prospect park or lindsay park or (laughs) uh, other shenanigans places
0: so i'm sure with the crew like that you guys got into some shenanigans were there any things that happened on stage backstage or in the summer with the show wagons that you guys want to share
1: Sure. I have lots of stories and, and I have favorite junior theater stories that I share with young actors that I work with these days to how to react and how to, um, how to adjust to situations that happen on stage that are unexpected and not fixable. So um uh, We were in Aladdin. I don't know if you were in the performance, but um, I was in a performance of Aladdin and we had this stage that that went up really high. And at the top of the top platform, there was a big onion dome window and there was a fight at the end of the show. And um, it was Aladdin and the evil magician and they were fighting and the evil magician was supposed to fall out of the window and die. But when they were fighting, their costumes, like buttons, got caught on each other. Mm-hmm. And so the evil magician fell out. And then a second later, Aladdin got yanked out. And here we were with a whole stage full of people. <laughs> and we didn't know what to do because the star of the show just died.
0: Right. And...
1: um. Then we see a hand come up over the platform. And he had, this was... um, Steven Sissel. No, Steven Berger. Steven Berger. And he had (coughs) climbed up the back of the set and he climbed up and he held out his hand and he said, my magic ring saved me. But the magician hit. And (laughs) just the way he said it, we all had a hard time not laughing. Right. Yeah. I, um, another story, I was on stage with Stephen Sissel and Stephen was Mary, Mary Nice Wonder's grandson. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were, it was Land of the Dragons and I was the evil woman, villain woman, and he was the evil villain man. And he had a mustache Mm -hmm. that that was spirit gummed on and that it it hung all the way down his chest. And we were in a scene that the dragon comes running out and lunges at us and we go, Oh, we're afraid. Stephen's mustache, the end of his mustache flew into his mouth and he swallowed it. Inhaled it. And (laughs) it was still attached to his lip with spirit gum. Mm -hmm. So here we were on stage and he was gagging on this, mustache and he's hauling this mustache up out of his throat gagging and thank goodness I had a fan because I was trying so hard not to laugh
0: oh my gosh
1: and his mother Sally Sissel was our prompter Mm -hmm. um but where she was standing we were upstage from her and so she couldn't see us Mm -hmm. she just knew that nobody was saying any lines and (laughs) that's right
2: so she's backstage. So prompting. She
1: was hi, prompting hi. and getting louder and louder with the prompts, and finally, I, I ad libbed something and and said, "Take care, come in spring," and and left the stage. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, that was that was interesting.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> you have any show wagon stories?
1: Yes, the show wagon. Yeah, um, which one are you gonna tell? <laughs> Well electrifying and,
0: it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Brett Batterson, when you interviewed mm-hmm. him, talked about sometimes there were problems with the, the show wagon uh, being electrified if the ground wasn't hooked up. Yeah, the second mm-hmm. show wagon. And um and so we had we had experiences with that that once the, the show wagon wasn't grounded and we were having a really hard time with it mm-hmm. and um it was really wet outside and there were we're getting arcs and a dog, a dog came up and touched the show wagon and got shocked and ran off yelping. And another time um, we were at Cork Hill park and it had rained really heavy the night before. And we got the show wagon and the truck stuck up to its axles in mud. Mm -hmm. And it took us hours to get out of that mess. That was with Dave Dunn.
0: I always love all the show wagon stories because they're so good because they put, you know, 16-year-olds in charge of this big monstrosity to drive around.
2: Then there's always the stories of Cork Hill and Van Buren, some of the um, rougher parks, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was not uncommon in that day to have them throwing apples at you on stage. Oh, good. So it became (laughs) a bit of a uh, dodgeball and acting intermixed.
1: Yeah, Van Buren was rough. There was one performance at uh slattery park it was on the north side yeah, northwest yeah um and there were some crazy kids there and i was clowning um that performance and some kids were swinging chains singing let's kill showtime pal oh my god and i locked myself in the truck <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness, that's scary. That's crazy. Well, there's also
2: the times we inadvertently um, made the show wagon electrified to keep the kids off of it. <laughs>
0: Good.
1: If we didn't, yeah. If we yeah. didn't hook up the ground, you don't have to tell that story.
0: <laughs> well, I, I love those stories. You guys talked before about moving moving into Annie Whitmire and you know clearing things out. So, can you guys talk about what it was like for Junior Theater finally to have its home? Um, and what was like being part of that experience?
2: Well, for me, um, it wasn't, I moved in, um, pretty much on day one. Mm-hmm. So I was part of the crew that migrated the Garfield house over to, uh, the cottages and there was nothing pretty or polished or sexy about any mm-hmm. of the cottages or the chapel. Um, so we knew that this was going to be a long-term labor of love and i think brent batterson and dave shanklin were even part of that crew because they knew some of the history of the cottages uh by down by the parks and the rec office that we were renting out still for storage um that we would eventually be um, moving out of since we had our own space um so bonnie gunther was bless her heart she took that on as her pet project uh, mm-hmm. and she choreographed us in the truest sense of the word because she knew the dynamics of the crew. She knew what our strengths were. She knew where our work ethic was. Um, she knew what we were capable to handle. Um, so I'd give her you know, an A plus for that effort, Bonnie. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but then really? she'd also divide us up into crews and say, this crew is gonna work on, at that time it was cottage 14. Uh, we had 16 and 18
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: the chapel. Um, the chapel didn't get really touched probably for the first year mm-hmm. until Mary could um, in earnest start the fundraising uh, for the chapel renovation, which mm-hmm. was kind of her phase two or phase three of that move in. Um, so I was, I knew every nook and cranny of those buildings intimately. Um, and I can tell you that, you know, when I left in 78, I actually came back in 79 and took a, Um, part-time paid position, helping them do additional stuff. Because I knew, I knew the lay of the land and I knew the material and they just said, you know, hop in and you can put four hours in here, four hours in there.
1: Didn't Dave come back on the summers too? I think Uh, one summer in spirit, maybe. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, We worked really, really hard. We uh, stripped floors. We scraped a lot of paint. Mm -hmm. We might've gone down the fire escapes a few times Um, Might have gone in the tunnels a few times. (laughs) And uh, we painted, we painted and painted. And the the colors that we painted were sometimes some pretty wacky colors Mm -hmm. because we had paint donated to us. Um, Mary and Bonnie were were very, very thrifty, frugal and... And if you could get donated purple paint, well, then you would have a purple room. Wow. And um, one of the rooms we referred to the as well—not the dragon room, the the purple warm room. It was purple wainscot on the bottom and yellow above, and it was mm. just a you, not good combination. It was ahead of this time. But then, um, in the costume cottage, um, Vicky Rasmussen, who was the Customer at that time, she painted a beautiful dragon, um, mm-hmm. on uh, all around two walls, two or three walls. Um, it's probably not there anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but they gave us some creativity when it, uh, when it was yeah. within reason, I remember Brian Jennings tried started to paint the Pink Floyd "Dark Side of the Moon" triangle rainbow um, triangle rainbow mm-hmm. on in one little tiny room. But the base of it is all black, and so he started yeah. by painting the room all black. And Mary Mary nixed it, said no, <laughs> and so <laughs> we had to paint it some nice pastel color.
0: That makes sense. So once you guys left junior theater and moved on, where did it? Where did life take you guys?
1: Uh, we went to college. Um, Brian went to Iowa. Yep, University of Iowa. Go Hawkeyes. I uh, started as a theater major at um, Iowa Wesleyan in Mount Pleasant, and then I was too much in love. And I stopped after one semester and transferred to Iowa, Mm -hmm. became an accounting major because I was in love with Brian Gough.
2: But it didn't stop me from, because uh, Mount Pleasant was about 60 miles due south of Iowa City. I would ride my bike down there and make it a long weekend.
0: That's a long bike ride.
2: (laughs) I used to ride my bike uh, ferociously in college. Um, 150 to 200 miles a week would be not uncommon.
0: That's crazy. Yeah.
1: So you guys, went? and then we got married, um, so after you came s- to
2: Iowa uh-huh. and finished out your degree. Nope. Oh, you didn't. That's right. Okay. I finished out my degree and then I got a job in Iowa city local. And then that job transferred me to Des Moines. Mm-hmm. And so Olivia and I got out of married student housing and packed up and went to Des Moines and that was like the very end of
1: August. Right before my senior year. So then I transferred to Simpson College my senior year, still as an accounting major. But since it was a small college, I was able to get a work-study job in the theater department as their costumer. That's awesome. And then (laughs) when I graduated from Simpson, the next day we moved to Madison, Wisconsin, and we've been in Wisconsin ever since.
0: That's awesome. And so you guys have been involved with a community theater in your area, correct?
2: Yep, so we moved up into the Madison Middleton area in 84, Mm -hmm. Uh, lived in the far west side of Madison for about a year. And then we moved into the east side of Madison uh, for about a year. Um, At that time, we started looking for theaters, uh, places we felt comfortable and welcomed in. Um, Madison had at that point, probably eight or 10 theaters of, uh, varying degrees of, uh, amateur to all the way up to pro stock. Mm-hmm. Um, we went out to sun Prairie and checked out theirs. And that was in early 85 and we haven't
1: looked back since, uh, we've been active members pretty much since then. Since 85. Yeah. Very involved and our. Boys were born in 87 and 90, so they came up through um, Sun Prairie Civic Theater uh, with us. Our older son did a couple of shows. He wasn't so much into theater. Our younger son um, has done done a bunch of shows and he's still in Sun Prairie and he and his new wife are um, very active in Sun Prairie Civic Theater. She's on the board, I'm on the
2: board, um, and Drew, our youngest son, he um, loves building sets. So that's, and that's what I do too.
0: That's awesome. So, did your guys' time at Junior Theater help prepare you for your life in the community theater now? You
2: can't even imagine how much it has. Uh, not just community theater, not just theater, um, but life um, as a whole. I get rather passionate and teary eyed about it, but Mary was a tremendous influence.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Um, I transitioned from acting to primarily directing, um, I don't know, several years in, probably about 98. And um, I really enjoy most directing shows with children in it. I enjoy working with children on stage. And I've directed many, many um, shows that are all children and when i've done that i have put together a high school crew to be the support staff and i've modeled it after the jt crew that we had that these high schoolers are helping with with acting with vocals props sound set costumes makeup and um strike moving it's <laughs> It has really, it gave those kids the opportunity to, to uh, get involved in a greater way. And um, i modeled that entirely after JT.
2: And even to this day, I was just commenting to Livia a couple of days ago that um, thanks to Junior Theater, um, you could cold call me up in front of an audience of 50 to 100, 200, 400 people mm-hmm. and say, you need to wax poetic about, pull this subject out of the hat. Kind of like a Toastmasters thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to talk for five minutes about that to this crowd and make them believe you believe it. Um, and I, I attribute that solely to junior theater.
0: That's awesome. And I know you, Livia, you direct the Penguin Project, which I'm familiar with because we put it on through uh, Augustana College. Oh, something. with Augie, sure. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And so if you could talk a little bit about, for our listeners who don't know what the Penguin Project is, what that is, and how it's super rewarding and everything.
1: Sure. Um, The Penguin Project is a national program that is for uh, youth artists with um, special needs and they are each artist is the performer and they are supported by a peer mentor who's there to help them as much or as little as they need. And um, Sun Prairie Civic Theater has been involved with Penguin for five years. The ninth site. Um, yeah, we were the ninth, ninth um, replication, replication, site. replication site. And um, last year, we were just starting Music Man Jr. when it was brought down with uh, COVID. Mm. Um, but it has been incredibly successful, incredibly rewarding. And um, I've always enjoyed working with uh, youth actors, but the experience of working with youth actors that are differently abled Mm -hmm. has been eye-opening for me. It has taught me a lot about myself and how much I didn't know. And, um, uh, given me, I'd say a much better understanding and respect for differently abled people. Um, I, I, the first year, I think I made every mistake that our whole production crew, we made every mistake that we could have made. Um, yeah. um, because we have to make, uh, set that is completely handicapped accessible.
2: Yeah. Everything about theater that you knew, you have to relearn yeah. in every respect. I mean sound has to change, um, how you mic people. Yeah.
1: And and even how how I direct. Um I learned to direct from Mary, and Mary was very hands-on, really hands-on. If you were not moving in the right way, she would come and grab you and move you and push you to where you needed to be. And if you weren't projecting, she would whack you in the diaphragm with the back of her hand,
2: or launch and, a shoe from the back of a house on stage. And
1: um, I, I um, touched a young man on the shoulder. And it, it wasn't, it, it it wasn't even, it wasn't harsh. It was just very, very light. And I, um, he did not react well to it. And he told me that um, I did not have permission to touch him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, he was very, very angry with me. And um, so this young man, that was our first year. He has been in the program ever since. and. Oh he um he went from that young man who was very reserved and very um just held inside himself Withdrawn. to he ju- he played the tin woodman in wizard of oz um and he, he sang and danced and acted and was fantastic. And to see that kind of growth out of the kids is inspirational.
0: Yeah, I I love the Penguin Project. I can't say enough good things about it. My junior year, I uh, helped build the set for Susicle And I think I cried like every rehearsal just because it was just so, so great oh, to watch. And the yeah. voice on some of those kids like, man, like they can sing. And I was just blown away by all of them. So I I love the Penguin Project.
1: Right now we're trying to figure out if we can put together some sort of a performance for the summertime for Penguin. We are, we've identified be who, who wants to be involved and we're starting to slowly work on putting together a review that will do be songs from past shows.
0: That'd be really awesome. That'd be, uh, that'd be so cool.
1: And we plan to perform it outside, probably at a football stadium. So oh, come up and see it. Lots of uh, social distancing and fresh air to, to keep us safe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as we all know, with COVID and quarantine, we haven't been able to do as much theater as we like. Um, have you picked up any weird quarantine hobbies being at home or anything unusual that you weren't doing before?
2: I've taken up wood building or uh, furniture making.
1: Yeah, um, I I have um, I've, since I sew, I um, have made a lot of masks. And one thing here, I'll show you this. Um, this is a face mask made from a the wrong way, made from a penguin project T-shirt. Oh, that's so so cool. we had lots of extra t-shirts mm-hmm. and um, we started chopping them up and making face masks out of them. I also, you're showing this. I also started needle felting.
0: That, I love needle felting. It's so cool.
1: And so I've been making penguins.
2: These are in production pieces. Here's a little
0: tiny one. So yeah, I've been keeping very busy. That's great. I could not get the hang of Needle felting. I kept stabbing myself on accident. Ah,
1: I have done that a lot.
2: She's uh, bleeding for her craft and art.
0: (laughs) That's something for it. Do either of you guys have a dream role that you'd like to do someday, and that can be on stage or set to build, a show to direct, anything like that?
2: So we talked about this last night. Actually, we just kind of did a quick review. Um, Roles take many, many um, directions Mm -hmm. and doesn't have to necessarily be on stage or behind stage, but I was telling Olivia, I see my role as being the person who is doing the scissor cutting at the opening of our new performance space.
1: (laughs) And we're just starting to work towards that to, to build our own performance space.
2: Um, we've dreamed about it for long enough and now we're taking it to the next level and, oh, it'll be a two, three year project that, um, I'd be happy to help with.
1: I've, I've gotten to direct, um, almost all of my, my dream shows that I've wanted to direct and I've had the, the joy of playing many dream roles, the witch and in into the woods. Mm. Um, Miss Hannigan, Mame. Mame. Um, So I've had a lot of opportunities there. My favorite show, my favorite musical that um, of all time, and I have not had a chance to direct it yet, um, is Sweeney Todd. Mm -hmm. And I will direct it sometime. Um, I would... I would have loved to play uh Mrs. Lovett mm-hmm. also from Sweeney Todd but at this point in my life I don't want to work that hard to remember all those lines no. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm fine just directing it not acting in it
0: yeah absolutely you guys talked a little bit about the gang that you guys ran with when you were at junior theater being your really close friends so are you guys still friends with those people today
1: well, my brother lives just south of Madison, Wisconsin, and we still hang out with him quite a bit. Um, we do communicate some with um some of our friends. Um Kristen Smith was on crew. Um didn't she didn't overlap with you, I don't think. Kristen's um, like th- yeah, I knew her as an three actor. or four years younger than me. And so um, she was on crew with me and, uh, Chris and I talk, a lot. talk a lot and visit each other. And, um, I've been to her kids' weddings mm-hmm. and, um, at JT chapel. Yeah. Her, the theater. Sorry. <laughs> her daughter got married at the theater. Yeah. We have terms in our head that we can never change. Like you refer to it as DJT. It was just JT when we were there. Right. And, um, the, the theater, the Mary nice wonder theater. I will always call it the chapel because that's what it was called for the years that we were there Mm -hmm. working on it. Um, just gets ingrained in your vernacular. Right.
0: That makes sense. (laughs) So why do you guys think programs like junior theater are important to support? Uh,
1: Well, theater is very important to me, and I think that um, there are plenty of softball leagues and football and soccer and everything for the sports kids out there, and there just aren't enough arts programs available for kids, in my opinion. Um, I know that the children's play, we do one children's play a year in our community theater, and... We get inundated with kids auditioning for that because the demand is so high. We we'll get 60, 80 kids auditioning oh, wow. for limited roles. And and we get kids coming in from an, an hour drive away because there, there just isn't enough opportunities mm-hmm. um, for, for kids to do theater. So I think it's very important um, and I'm very happy to be that <clears throat> we yep. had the opportunity to grow up in junior theater and be a part of a very, very strong and wonderful and educational children's theater program.
2: And I think from a certain perspective, being in junior theater for what I would call the full length or full run of possibility from age five through age 18, Mm -hmm. um, that has given me a tremendous framework of how um, how to interact with theater both as an art and as a business. Um, Cause there was a whole lot that went on behind the scenes when we were um, in JT, that was the Mary and the Bonnie and the Marilyn Schultz and the other board members that actually kept the organization afloat. And mm-hmm. I think that was pretty much undervalued or un, uh, not, we not didn't, didn't We a lot.
1: didn't know much about
0: it.
2: Yeah. So um, as I have progressed through time with the uh, Sun Civic Theater, um, I kind of hearken back to hmm, if I was in JT, how would this have been solved? And okay. is this a big issue or is this a little issue? Um, is this something that I want to fall my sword for? Um, and it, it's helped me to just look back um, in reverence um, to someone who had a vision that, um, that they made it happen. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the discussion that I have at the board level. And Olivia's on the board as well. Um, a lot of it comes from the heart of junior theater.
0: Yeah. My final question for you guys is what advice would you give a current junior theater student?
1: Stick with it. Have fun. You'll make the best friendships of your life, even if acting isn't your thing. Um, There's so much more to learn about theater, all of the tech work, And, um, you'll, you'll make some really good, strong friendships that will last a lifetime. Find
2: someone who's passionate about some of the things you are in theater, whether it's onstage acting craft, uh, backstage stage craft, um, how the businesses run, uh, nurture those, uh, relationships and don't be afraid to embrace, uh, someone who is very different than you because quite often you come from a different place, but you have the same goals.
0: Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast today. And I wanna wish you all the luck on both Penguin Project and opening your own performance space because those things both sound amazing. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. Of course, have a great rest of your night guys. And thank you again. This has been the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Thanks for listening.